Jamie. And I'm Portia. We are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. So today on the show, we are going to be, in honor of Father's Day, talking about Black fatherhood and really trying to celebrate the Black men who have been present in our lives as fathers. And so two of our listeners, Stephanie and Lucretia, sent in stories to us about favorite memories or moments with their dads. And we're going to read Stephanie's reflection first. Stephanie says... In my former years, I admired my dad in that childlike way a daughter does. For every laugh, every tear, every field trip, and every gift shared. As an adult, I admire him every piece of wisdom he imparts, every sacrifice he makes, every moment he worries about me, and still for every laugh shared. But the gap. The gap is where I felt just the opposite of admiration for him. In my teen years, I was very resentful of my dad at times because I felt that he stifled my social life. Back then, I always thought in some way he must have enjoyed being that mean. And not just any old mean, I'm talking the really calm, intimidating mean. The mean that will force you to have some sort of reverence for his authority. As a teen, in my mind, that mean stopped me from doing so much and at times I hated him for it. As an adult, I think to myself, that mean stopped me from doing so much, and I love him for it. I think to myself, it wasn't him being mean. It was him disciplining me. It was him holding me to higher standard than I held myself. It was him looking past what my naive self could see and envisioning the me I am today. I think how difficult it must have been to stand his ground when all he wanted was for his daughter to admire him the way she once did. But I'll never admire him that way again because absence makes the heart grow fonder. I'm grateful for the gap. Thank you, Stephanie. And this one is from Lucretia Gill. One thing I definitely inherited from my dad is the way he throws around money for the sake of everybody having a good time or helping somebody out. Y'all hungry? Your friends hungry? You randomly broke your phone and could technically pay to get it fixed, but let's be real, you ain't got discretionary funds like that right now. I got you. Praise the Lord that I also inherited my mother's frugality, but that's a story for another day. I love my pop. In my eyes, he's always been sort of a big kid. And as I've gotten older, a huge part of our relationship has centered on just hanging out and doing fun things together which has actually only gotten cooler now that I actually have my own paycheck. About a month ago, he was out here with me eating too much food and learning how to snow bike. He's only 50, but y'all know old bones and bad backs ain't no joke. He said, I can't remember the last time I fell down like this after toppling over and rolling around in the snow several times. It means a lot to me that my dad lets me keep him young usually by talking him into trying new things and sometimes slightly dangerous things. I'm honored that my living so far away from home forces him to take a real vacation every now and then. I'm proud that he's visited me so many times that he has a favorite restaurant up here, and I'm grateful that he's in a position where he can afford to do so money-wise and otherwise. 
my daddy is a blessing, y'all, and I love him. Amen. So thanks to Lucretia Gill and to Stephanie Williams, who are also both bloggers in their own right. Um, so as we uplift and affirm black womanhood, Lucretia Gill, she her um, blog is called Zoe the Incredible. So you can follow her. And then Stephanie Williams's blog is Styled Surrendered. So you can follow her, too. Awesome. So thank you, ladies, for submitting those stories. And I think Portia and I are going to dedicate this show to um, Black fathers. We both have uh, just so happened to coincidentally, we both have Black fathers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think sometimes uh, both within the Black community and also outside of the Black community, um, fathers in our community can get kind of a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think we want to share some of our experiences. Um, but also, I think we want to kind of challenge that narrative. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think there's plenty of social reasons. Um, and by social, I also am referring to political reasons why some Black fathers cannot be as physically present in their children's lives um, as they would like. Um, and I also think sometimes, uh, you know, I think a lot about families and how we build families. And I think there's a lot of ways to make a family. And, you know, they always tell us sociologically, um, developmentally for your children, it's better to have a two-parent household, right? But we know, um, I think from our own experiences and also from historical experiences and from the experiences of our friends, there's lots of ways to build a strong family. Mm-hmm. Um, there are Black men who are great surrogate fathers to um, girls and boys who might have lost a parent at one point or another. I think I have surrogate mother figures, even though I have a mother, I have surrogate mother figures in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have surrogate father figures in my life. Um, I have my own father, who's great. Um, and I know that, you know, it really takes, it takes a village to turn into the people that we are. So I think we also want to celebrate the black men who maybe weren't um, biologically fathers to right. people who they who they parented and mentored in various ways. And so I think we also need to celebrate that as well. And the fathers who, even when they were physically absent, were always spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even though we didn't see them present in their children's lives, were always present in those other ways. Um, and not sit in judgment of physical absence mm-hmm. when the bond of parenthood is um, the physical matters but it's deeper than the physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I just think about black fatherhood as something that needs to, um, we need to talk about it somewhat just in the black community. I think we do a, a, a job of um, sometimes talking down about black fathers, uh, particularly around father's day. I see a lot of times on social media, people talking about their dad just not being there or their father, um, or if they have a, a, a father figure who just um, wasn't present or a father figure who was present. And so I see a lot of mixed emotions around Father's Day. And so I don't want to think of it as Mother's Day part two, even though that's a real experience for people. And I think a lot of people do grieve around Father's Day um, for whatever their relationship is with their dad. But I also think it's important to remember that there are some positive and healthy relationships and images of black fatherhood that do exist. Um, sometimes we just want to assume that the black father is this absentee figure in everyone's life, which is not always the case. Um, and so, but first I do want to acknowledge that 
um, if your father has been absent and you had longed for that relationship with your dad, know that you are heard and know that those feelings are raw and real and that you're not alone in that. And this is not a dismiss to say that we, you know, are dismissing people who have grown up in fatherless homes or fatherless lives. So this is not a dismissal, but yet this is a affirmation to celebrate the men who are contributing as biological fathers or as stepfathers or as godfathers or mentors and what have you. So we're just uplifting that today. Um, and so, Jamie, we've talked about our dads here on the show a couple of times. We just kind of mentioned them in passing, um, particularly <laughs> both of them uh, we've mentioned in movie experiences, whether it's at Christmas and we talked about fences or when we both had uh, to saw so get out with our dads. And so I think um, in the spirit of Father's Day, we could just uplift some of those positive experiences and maybe even just sharing, um, yeah, positive images of fatherhood. And so, Jamie, um, what father story or father moments uh, would you like to share about your dad or even some valuable lessons that he might have taught you? Um, so my father, I always wanted to be just like dad. And when I was born and certainly for the first probably 14 or 15 years of my life, I did not resemble my mother at all. I looked exactly like my dad. Um, and so my mother always tells stories about, you know, pushing me down the street in the stroller and people would stop her and be like, is that your baby? Um, because we looked so different, you know, oh, wow. uh, but I looked exactly like my dad. Um, and so people in the family even would call her, her family, not, not my dad's side of the family. That would be really disrespectful. But her sisters and, you know, cousins and whatever would call her the human incubator. Cause like, literally it was like, did she just sit up in there? But she's like, she's, she looks just like him, you know? <laughs> um, and so it was always just kind of, um, a daddy's girl and I wanted to be, around dad um, and uh, to uh, kind of rag on him a little bit. I think he took advantage of that in some ways. Um, like now that I'm an adult, I, and when I say now that I'm an adult, I learned this when I was like 18 going to college. Mm -hmm. um, that he and my mother kind of had a, a game of good cop, bad cop that they worked out. And so she would take the blame for a lot of stuff that technically he was the one who told her, like, tell Jamie she can't do this, tell Jamie she can't do that. But he always wanted to be the one who, like I would say, a daddy, daddy's girl. That kind of reminds me of Stephanie's story because he did the exact opposite. He never took on the strong father stance. He took on the, like, I'm going to tell your mother this and she's going to tell you what you cannot do. And I didn't know that when I was um, growing up. And my mother was happy to tell me at 18 that this would have been going on the whole time. <laughs> um, so my relationship with my mother definitely shifted in that too. And, you know, I understood, um, you know, her role. And really, it was clearly based on the fact that she did that, because she's not, she's not, you've met my mother, she's not a pushover. The fact that she did that tells me that it was important to her that by any means necessary, she was going to make me feel like I had a man who I could really depend on and who was solid and, you know, who treated me well and told me yes whenever he could and that sort of thing, like, that was also important to her to maintain that for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I also have to give her a lot of credit for that, too, um, because she could have been like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you go tell Jamie now. Um, and so for that reason, my father and I, um, we mostly had a really light relationship. Um, and I know that by the time I went to um, 
college and I saw more of, you know, we've talked about this before on the show briefly, not in detail, but both of my parents grew up pretty poor and my dad, like extremely poor. I'm in a really, he grew up in a really small town um, called Fairfax, South Carolina, um, which people have heard of if they're like really like the next door neighbor of that town, but a lot of people have not heard of it. And kind of the way out of that town is through something like joining the military. So he joined the military at a really young age, and that's how he kind of uh, gained some financial stability and was able to kind of uh, be a leader in his family, even though technically he's the baby of his siblings, but he really took on a leadership role there because he decided to leave town. And so when I think more now um, about everything that he went through in order to kind of create um, a new life for himself and um, create a great family, but the way that he also, he loved going back to South Carolina and, you know, hanging out with his family. Um, my grandmother died last year, but he would always, you know, take really good care of her. My mother always took really good care of her. She was easy to take care of. She was great. Um, uh, but, you know, watching his relationship with his mother, um, I really came to respect him. And perhaps even, you know, it's odd because as a child, I don't think I necessarily had him on any kind of pedestal, but definitely as an adult when, um, as a very young adult, when I started going through various challenges and I would think about the way that he would handle it, I think it was actually a little bit detrimental in some ways because I, you know, he never really um, was the type of guy who showed a lot of emotions or anything like that. You've met my father before. He's like really quiet. Um, and unlike me, it's not even like he doesn't show the world a lot of that funny side. He's a funny guy, but he doesn't show the world a lot of that. He shows mm -hmm. the world a lot of like, just kind of like, I'm serious. I'm here to support my daughter. That's kind of what he shows the world. And so for that reason, I would sometimes get down on myself if I was really like struggling with something because, you know, I watched him really rise out of everything. Really, it seemed almost unscathed by a lot of things that were happening. Mm -hmm. And I knew that um, at least by the time I was going to this really expensive college, um, that I was living a much more privileged life than that. And, um, and so I, I felt a lot of shame over that. And I almost felt like I couldn't talk to him about anything. I'm... Mm. Um, but what I want to say that's positive about that is he showed me that you can have a lot of integrity, that you can rise above anything, um, you know, through hard work, through dedication. Um, but also now I appreciate the way that our relationship has changed in such a way that we come to each other for advice. So I know more sides of him now. Um, I know some of those internal um, struggles that he has. Um, and... It, honestly, it makes it a lot easier for me to live because I don't see him anymore as this person who just, like, um, can, like, go through anything, like, no feelings, just get it done, like, whatever. And I really see him as this really complex guy who is managing not only to survive but to thrive in a world that's not set up for his... Um, it wasn't set up for him to survive childhood, right? And yet he's surviving and thriving despite that. And I think... Um, so I don't learn a lot necessarily through things that my father says, because he's not that kind of guy. I mean, he gives great advice, um, <laughs> but he doesn't, you know, kind of like teach these like fatherly lessons or anything like that. I learn more through knowing his story and seeing the way that he lives with such dis discipline. I'm, this guy is like up 3 a.m., like working out, like, you know, going for long runs. Like I remember when I was a kid, he used to come home in the afternoon and like do another workout, like whatever, like. Um, he's always ironing, like, just, you know, like, that kind of guy, straight-laced. Um, 
solid citizen man with one of my friends says. <laughs> He's a solid citizen man. Um, and that's, that's amazing. And I learn a lot just from watching the way that he lives. Mm. But what about you? What lessons has your father taught you? So a little bit of background about my dad. So I think it was interesting. I don't, I don't think I've ever made this connection that both our fathers were in the military. So my yeah. dad was in the military. Um, well, before I was born, though. Um, so when Patrice was a child, my sister's mm-hmm. name is Patrice. When she was a, a child, uh, my dad was in the military. And so they used to live on the West Coast in Tacoma, Washington. Um, but then they moved back. My father left the military. They moved back to Connecticut. Okay. Um, and this is where my dad is from. So my dad is the one who's originally from Connecticut, um, born and raised. And my dad has always been like my hero, right? And so as a little girl, my dad just could do no wrong in my eyes. Like he was just like Mr. Perfect. Like he made me pancakes on Saturday and he would just always sing to me because my dad can sing, y'all. He like can. not sing, but sang. So my dad can <laughs> sing, right? And he's a musician. So he plays the guitar and he plays a little bit of the keys and some other things too. Um, he would, he was a music producer uh, once upon a time. Well, I mean, he still does music, but, um, but in the hardcore way where he was actually like going back and forth to like California and New York and stuff like that, like actually like actively in the business. So um, my dad was just like, he was the most creative uh, person that I've ever like knew. And so it was just kind of like, wow, like I love music because my dad loves music and I want to make pancakes because my dad makes pancakes. And I want to travel because my father always puts us in the car and we go for long drive trips and we go travel. Um, and so I want it to be like my dad, like adventurous, always so personable, so open, so bubbly, so loving. Um, and like I said, my dad just could do no wrong. And so I've always watched my dad move with a sense of grace and with a sense of love toward people, regardless of their ability or disability. So my dad, um, retired from the Department of Developmental Services, DDS, um, in July of last year. Um, And it it was a great, um, it was great to witness him, to watch him have a sense of accomplishment. And so I watched my dad be diligent and move with grace and with love and appreciation for people. And my dad is such a people person. He may not go up to people and just start talking to them, but he's always created a presence where people would feel invited to speak to him. And so I kind of wanted to model that even in ministry to where I could be a person that would be inviting. So I may not approach people right away because I'm not that person. My dad's an introvert and I'm kind of an introvert too. Contrary to what people think, I'm actually an introvert. Um, (laughs) And I've been tested as such. But my dad is that person to where I kind of want to model. Can I be approachable? Um, My mom's not always the most approachable person. But... um, but my dad just makes people feel warm. Like you could just sit and talk to him. You just feel like you've known him all your life. Um, And I also say that to say that there was a point in um, my parents' marriage where they were separated for some time. And that was at a very important juncture where I was in high school. So, I mean, you know, high school is, you know, tough. High school is hard. Um, And in that period of their marriage where they were separated, my dad lived in a different place. So like my dad lived in a different home. My mom, I I lived with my mom. And so even though they had their marriage struggles um, and my parents just celebrated 39 years, so they're still married, y'all. <laughs> Praise be to God. Um, so my parents are still married. But even in that, my dad was still my dad. Yeah. Like he still loved me. And I'm, I'm grateful that I can see that parents, even though parents may have their own issues, that they can still be a parent um, to their children. And so my dad, he still loved me. He still called me. Um, 
you know? So I was grateful that I still had a sense of my dad is still present. So he right. wasn't like absent, even though he was physically not there and I didn't physically see him every day anymore. I was able to still feel like I had a dad. Mm-hmm. And so that was important to me. And um, I don't know if I ever really like thanked him for that. <laughs> so dad, when you're listening, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Just like, thanks just for making uh, my sister and I a priority. Um, and so I, I model parenthood after my parents, like making your children a priority, I think is so important. And so, um, and even when my dad and my parents, like, you know, they reconciled and they like when they moved back into the same home, my dad was still my dad, you right. know, and he allowed himself to be a father who put his family first. So some of the lessons that I learned from my dad is to be open and welcoming to people, regardless of where they come from or who they are to always love the Lord. My father loves the Lord. Like he loves the Lord. <laughs> like I've watched my father pray. I've seen my father sing praise to the Lord um, and actually watching him grow with Jesus and actually seeing the fruit of his discipleship in Christ has been important to me. And so I think it's important that not only do you be a disciple, but that you have fruit and evidence of your discipleship. So he's taught me that. And um, yeah, he just loves with an open heart. And so I appreciate that. And oh, also the other lesson is to be creative um, and to not let, not let nothing stop your creative process um, and to take time to cultivate that creative process, whatever that is. And so while I may not be like the singer, like my sister or my dad, but in other ways, like as a writer, like he's encouraged me to want to keep doing things. And so I just appreciate him. And also to just, you know, just to love on people. So I, that's my dad. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm such a daddy's girl. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So anyway, so yeah, I think we both want to say um, thanks to our fathers, um, but also um, just thank you to the black men who show up and whatever forms that um, looks like. It's not always um, biological fatherhood. Sometimes it's it's mentorship. Sometimes it's just coming alongside someone. Sometimes it's just um, a needed word of wisdom when we need it. Um, And black men do that. There are plenty of black men who do that work. Um, and you know, you and I even talk sometimes on the show for some reason, I'm not sure why about <laughs> professor Clarence Hardy at Yale, but you know, all I of know, us always right? say he's kind of like an uncle or like a father figure yeah. to us. He always tells us the truth, even if we don't really want to hear what he's talking about. Right. Um, and I think there are, there are black men who are like that, who are just, you know, solid, who are willing to show up, who are willing to, you know, go the extra mile um, for the sake of our, um, of our well-being. And I think that's really powerful and it's something to be celebrated. Yeah, and I want to add to that because in the time of my parents' separation, I had a godfather who really like stepped up and like stepped in. And then I also have an uncle um, who also really um, just made sure like was able to be another male presence. Like I said, even though my dad was still present like in my life and around, right. but there was still a, a day-to-day presence. Um, sometimes my godfather would just come around like, hey, y'all need anything like you know just checking in and so um you know and even like teaching me like little things about how to like be handy around the house like you know as a teenager and it's like you know because I want to help my mom and so my godfather taught me a lot and modeled a lot of things of just how you know you can take care of a home um even if you're by yourself like how do you do these things like Portia you don't have to depend on you know the man to always do these things this is how you pick yourself up and this is how you do just everyday things around the home so I appreciate my godfather um, just being a mentor and being 
um, a facilitator in the creation of me. Cause you did say before, like it takes a village, you know, to raise us. And so I appreciate my godfather. Um, I appreciate my pastor and my uncles and like just how they've also just been um, fatherly Mm -hmm. figures um, and just positive male presences. And I think all men should have an opportunity or even recognize an opportunity where they can be a positive presence in someone's life. Um, Cause it will really make all the difference. Cause sometimes, you know, young black children will not know or understand who they can be sometimes until they meet someone where they can inspire and say, wow, like I can be like that sometimes. Right. Um, and so I appreciate any role of male fatherhood, whether it's adopted or a godfather, you know, whether people are birthed in their heart or if it's, you know, biological, I think black fatherhood is something that's so important and just the presence of black male figures in people's lives. Yeah. And so we should celebrate them across, across lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jamie, you know, I got a, even though we're talking about our dads here, I got a petty pro moment mm-hmm, in relationship to this conversation. So my mom, and I know my mom is probably listening to this podcast right now. And she's probably like, you talking all about your daddy, but not about me. Well, guess what, mom? And let me tell y'all, my mother will feel like sometimes I can't talk about my father without mentioning her. So this is my petty moment. Mom, I'm mentioning you and your awesomeness too, okay? So mom, you're awesome. So, because she can get like that, Jamie. It's like, girl, why are you talking about just your dad? Like, what about me? And it's like, well, mom, we always celebrate you, your mom. So... You know, I, but I just got to give it to her, Jamie. I got to just give her this moment to say, <laughs> mom, thank you too. And so this is to all the mothers. Just because children are celebrating their fathers doesn't mean we forget about you. Mothers, we appreciate you too. <laughs> Amen. This episode was produced by our producer, Dan Warren. Keep up with our adventures on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website, JustTwoPearls.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JustTwoPearls. Email us at adventures at JustTwoPearls.com. We are a production of the 224 Ecospace. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.